I pray, Father, that we would have ears to hear. Lord, open our hearts. Change us from the inside out. Lord, plant a seed today that will change not only our lives, but the lives of those around us. Lord, our families and our community. Lord, give us a thankful heart. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. We just thank you, God, so much. If you've got your Bibles, lift them up this morning. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the worship team a great hand. They just did an awesome job. Awesome job. Well, it's, it's the week of Thanksgiving, and, which means a number of things. We usually get to eat a lot and watch a lot of football. Praise God for that amazing holiday. <laughs> but that's really not what Thanksgiving is about, isn't it? It's a time of giving thanks. And some of us have probably forgotten over the years uh, what Thanksgiving is about historically. So I'm going to go back and give you a little history lesson here. In the first years of the 17th century, that's the 1600s, small numbers of English Puritans broke away from the Church of England because they felt that it had not completed the work of the Reformation. They committed themselves to a life based on the Bible. So understand, our forefathers... Over in England and other parts of Europe, it wasn't just England, decided that they wanted to come to a land where they could continue the work of the Reformation and the restoration of the Bible. They based their lives on the Bible. That's why they came here. So when we talk about a nation being founded on the principles of God, guys, uniquely our country and Israel, the only two countries that I've ever heard of that are founded on the fact that God was trying to do something. That's why they came here. That's why they came here. The first winter that they were there, I think there were 126 of them, if I remember appropriately. The first winter was so rough that half of them died. Half of them. And so over the next few years, they gathered together and they created a time of giving thanks. And an American Indian named Squanto, somebody told me this morning, said, you know who his son was, don't you? And I said, Squanto? They said, he said, Tonto. I thought it was about that funny too, you know. It was kind of, but, but Squanto came and showed them how to fish and trap and plant and do different things. And so the American Indians were helping out there at the, the outset. But there are some myths that I didn't know until this week weren't true. Let me ask you a question. When you think of what a pilgrim looks like, what do you think of? Black hat. What else? Big belt buckles on their shoes, big buckles. What else? White flappy thing around their neck, that's good. That's good. That's what the term was, Drake. It was a white flappy thing. That's what they called it, I'm sure. What else? White shirt, black. What are you saying, brother? What are you? Come on, right now. But that's the image, isn't it? When my, in my mind, when I think of pilgrim, I think of Bo Pilgrim, Pilgrim's Pride. I think of there's Bo, you know, and there's his hat and the whole nine yards. Here's what I didn't know until this week. That's not what they look like at all. They wore bright clothing. They weren't somber people. You know, they were happy people at at this Thanksgiving celebration. They actually sang, danced, and played games. 
They were very celebratory. So over the years, we've created this culture that makes them look very staunch, and that's not who they were at all. They were thankful. Now, let me ask you this question. What president was the one that started the first Thanksgiving, who, who said we need to have a Thanksgiving? Who was it? Who was it, Spencer? Abraham Lincoln. And all the teachers said... Amen. They're all excited. That's great. Abraham Lincoln. Somebody said George Washington first service. It wasn't George. It was Abraham Lincoln. 1863, during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln actually wanted to declare two national holidays, days of Thanksgiving. The first one was celebrating the Battle of Gettysburg. Okay, the second one was in uh, November, generally to give thanks. Now, that's the, the celebration we celebrate today. Somebody asked me, well, why didn't we celebrate the Battle of Gettysburg? How many of you are from the South? That's why we don't celebrate the Battle of Gettysburg. It, to some of us, it's still a sore topic. And so that one didn't go over so well, but the other Thanksgiving actually did. And so that's why we celebrate Thanksgiving. I thought it was very interesting. But as I began to study this week about thanksgiving and and being thankful, I was amazed at the things the Lord showed me. And I don't know that I ever remember anybody really preaching on this topic before. And it really began to, to impact my heart in a big way. And I'm not just saying that, I mean it. I mean, I learned a whole lot this week, and I'm really hopeful you do as well, okay? So, so thanksgiving is really about having an attitude of what? Gratitude. That's one of those sayings, having an attitude of gratitude. But that's more than a flippant statement. The Bible talks about thanksgiving all throughout. From the beginning all the way to the end, we're told to to serve God and be thankful for what we have. And so as I began to study this week and study about thanksgiving, I also had to look at what thanksgiving is not. What's the opposite of thanksgiving? And that is the word ingratitude. If you are not thankful, you are unthankful, or you are in ingratitude. Let me tell you what, how ingratitude expresses itself. Listen to this. If you don't have a thankful spirit, if you are in, uh, having a spirit of ingratitude, it will express itself in self-pity. Watch this next one. Grumbling, complaining. This is all biblical, by the way. Depression. Depression actually can stem from having a heart of unthankfulness. Look at this next one, anger. And here's the final one, defiance. And do this, in parentheses next to defiance, those note takers in the room write rebellion. A spirit of ingratitude, if left unchecked, will ultimately create rebellion in our heart. I, when I, I was shocked as I began to study this, but then I started thinking about it. And, and here's the thought process that you have to have. If you are ungrateful or you are living with an ungrateful spirit, you never have enough. You always want more. You're never happy with what you have. It's never enough. You know, you're always wanting more. I want more, more, more. I need more money or I need more possessions. I need more food. I need more whatever. And you don't ever become satisfied with what you have. You are ungrateful. And people that live with an ungrateful spirit ultimately are the people that end up in rebellion. You say, well, pastor, how does that work biblically? I'm going to read something to you today that will amaze you. Listen to this. This is Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. 
How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. This is Satan. For those of you that don't know the history, Satan once was an angel. He was actually the angel in heaven that led praise. He was the worship leader of heaven. The Bible talks about that the glory of God flowed through him. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, this is what Satan said. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also rule on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Listen to this. I will be like the most high God. But the end result of that is yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Here's what this means. Lucifer is in heaven, angel, power of God flowing through him. He's leading worship. The Bible says he was beautiful. But he wasn't satisfied with that. He wanted more. And he said, you know what? I want what God has. I'm not satisfied where I am. And so he literally led a rebellion in heaven that ended up getting a third of the angels kicked out with him. Why? Because they weren't satisfied. He was not grateful with his role. He wanted more. So if you think ungratefulness is not important to the heart of God, it leads to rebellion. You say, well, how does that work to people? Let's go back to the Garden of Adam Adam and Eve. (laughs) I really said that. Adam and Eve. Wow. It's hard to recover from that. Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden, thank you. And, and they're there, and, and what does Satan do? He comes to her and says, hey, you need to go over here and eat of this tree. God is withholding things from you. So what happens in her heart is she is now dissatisfied. She's not thankful for the fact that God has given them everything else. They want this thing that they don't have. Rebellion. And by the way, for all of you are going, yeah, dumb women, Adam was right there going, okay, he didn't step in and do what he needed to do. So it's all of us. So, so rebellion is created when we are dissatisfied. And so if you look in the Bible, God set aside time, these holy days, these holidays where we would be thankful for what God has done. Because as I talked about Wednesday night, and I'm not going to dwell on it a lot this morning, thankfulness is all about focus. What are you focused on? Are you focused on what you have or what you don't have? Because if you're focused on what you don't have, it will create ingratitude in your heart. You will be a miserable person. You will make people around you miserable, and it will ultimately lead to rebellion. It's a big deal. So Thanksgiving is created as a time where we come, and it's literally created for a time where we as a people set aside time to look at God and are thankful for what he has given us. How many of you served yesterday? Let me see your hands that went out and delivered food. Pretty amazing stories that I've heard. When we go out and begin to serve those around us that sometimes are less fortunate than us, what happens in your heart? What happens? You become what? Thankful. You become grateful. One of the reasons that Jesus shows us the model of serving is that when you're serving, it's hard for you to be dissatisfied because when you're putting shoes on a child's feet who does not have shoes, it makes you maybe feel better about the 50 pair you got back home. 
Or when you see a, a single mom, because there are people around here that I've seen like this that we've helped before, walking down the road because she doesn't have a car and she's got three babies at home and she's walking back and forth to Walmart so she can pay for those kids. Car you're driving is not all that bad, is it? But when we become so focused on what we don't have, we forget that there's a world around us that is dying and it creates rebellion and dissatisfaction in our heart. Let me explain this principle to you. If you have a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving, it will in, the end result of that is joy. If you have a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving, the end result is joy. And here's what I'm doing this week for my family. As we spend time together as a family, I have literally created a document that says, I am thankful to God for, and I have numbers listed out. And what we're going to do as a family, we've never done this before. At Thanksgiving, I'm going to give every one of my family members, including myself, that piece of paper, and I'm going to say, go to different parts of the house, and you guys sit down and spend 30 minutes writing down things that you are thankful for in your life. Here is why. If you are thanking God for what you have, you will not have a heart of dissatisfaction and joy will begin to rise up in your heart. Because two things, physics teaches us, two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time. You can't be joyful and ungrateful at the same time. You can't be you can't be full of thanksgiving and full of dissatisfaction at the same time. And if you sit down and begin to write out all the things that you're thankful for and then read those out loud to the people that you love the most, you know what's going to happen? You're going to end up doing the happy dance. I would do it, but it would distract you the rest of the service right now. But when you begin to become thankful, joy, guys, will rise up within you and it will overflow out of your heart because I don't know about you, but I've got a whole lot to be grateful for. I have a whole lot to be thankful for. Hearing the stories yesterday, I mean, I even, a couple of things that I saw this week, a grandmother just this week that's raising kids and grandkids, husband gets arrested, now they don't even know what they're gonna do for Thanksgiving and then they get a phone call. And that's provided. The stories that I heard of people going to the house and it ended up being the wrong house, which was really the right house. And people weeping, uncontrollably weeping because God steps into the middle of the hell that they're living in and shows them that he loves them and he uses you to do it. And I wanna tell you, when you walk out of situations like that, you don't feel half bad about what you're dealing with, do you, Jack? When you begin to realize and, and take your eyes off yourself and begin to look around you through the eyes of Christ to other people, it will give you a heart of thanksgiving. So I want to encourage you to do the same. And here's what I did, because I love you so much, I'm giving you homework. <laughs> In the office, I've got those forms We'll print some more out, take them home, do that. Or write it down on a piece of paper and sit around. I challenge you to do that. Because some of you, I know this message is for some of you because some of you are so frustrated and so disgruntled and so dissatisfied and it's because you're focusing on the wrong thing instead of the right thing. Amen? Well, I'm preaching better than you are. Amen. There's a clap. Thank you, mother. <laughs> That's my mom. All right, let's jump into this. 
Psalm 103, verses one through five. I'm reading out of the New King James. This is a Psalm of David, and this is about David being thankful. David kind of goes through here and makes a list of the things that he is thankful for. So we're gonna break this down. It's gonna help you, okay? Psalm of David. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. What that means when he says bless, give God thanks. Thank God is what that means, okay? So what David is doing here is he is thanking God. But let me say this to you. This isn't in my notes, so this is really important. Not that my notes aren't, but this is really important for somebody. Some of you are going through a really hard time right now, and it's hard not to focus on the problems. But what you need to do is sit down and write out to God what you're thankful about, okay? That's what David is doing here. So watch this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Then verse two, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Now, how many of you have ever worked at a job where you had benefits? Okay. You, you have benefits, and those are maybe your insurance, maybe it's a, uh, some kind of an investment or retirement plan, but the benefits are the things that you get for being an employee of that organization. These are the things you get. What David is saying here for us is he's saying, bless the Lord for the benefits that he has. As a child of God, these are your benefits. This is just some of your benefits, so you need to pay attention. This is for you. How many of you are Christians today? Good, almost everybody. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad there's some that aren't because hopefully they will be here in a little while, right? But after sometimes, how many of you have ever taken a job because the benefits are good? You, here are your benefits. So if you're thinking about whether or not you want to believe in Christ, these are some pretty good benefits, okay? This is your benefit package. Verse 3, who forgives all of your iniquities. Number one. He forgives all your sin. That is a pretty good benefit. How many of you would like to go work for somebody that said, hey, we're gonna pay you? Oh, and by the way, we're gonna forgive all your sin. Anybody wanna sign up for that? That's a pretty good deal. Let me rephrase it for some of you who speed. Um, maybe they said, if you accept this job, we will wipe away all your traffic records. Hallelujah. Some of you are like, insurance premiums will go down. Amen. First one, thank you, God, for forgiving my sin. Wow. That's a benefit of being a child of God. Verse three, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's look down at number one here. We're gonna go through these and I'm gonna break these down for you. The first benefit of being a child of God is that he forgives you for all your iniquities. He forgives all your iniquities. So we need to thank him for forgiveness. How many of you are thankful that Jesus has forgiven you from your past? How many of you can raise both hands? <laughs> Amen. Isn't that awesome? That God looks at, he looks at our past and says, all those things you've done, all those things you're gonna do, Sean, all those things in your life are gone. That's worth the whole thing. That's just one of the benefits. Isn't that good, Dennis? That's just one. He looks at our life and he says, I'm getting, I'm getting rid of all of it. Wow. 
That's awesome. Let's look at number two. Who heals all of your diseases. So he forgives my sin and he's got this amazing health plan. (laughs) That forgives and heals all your diseases. Number two, thank him for his healing. How many of you have been healed, huh? How many of you God's healed you before? And let me just say, this is not just physical healing. How many of you have been healed from a broken heart? I can raise both hands there. Thank you, God, for healing that. Because sometimes, guys, it's not the physical ailments that can plague us. Sometimes it's the emotional ailments that can plague us. And Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. Wow. But he also heals our physical challenges. Amazing, amazing, thankful. I'm getting happy. I'm really legitimately happy right now thinking about this. And two of you are, and I'm so thankful y'all are too. It's great. (laughs) Look at number three. Thank him for redeeming your life from, circle this word, destruction. Thank you for redeem, thank him for redeeming your life from destruction. That word redeeming means to buy back. So Jesus not only forgives my sin, he buys me back from destruction. He, he bought the mess <laughs> and fixed it. How many of you are pickers? I mean, you, you, you see what other people don't see. You, when I say picker, you're one of those people who like to go to garage sales, flea markets, pointing at people. I see that. But I mean, you had this amazing ability to look at what some people would call junk and see it as treasure. That's, that's what you do, Marshall. <laughs> You're able to look at a piece of metal that somebody else would want to push off in a river somewhere and you go, that can be a beautiful, you have this ability to see that. That's what God does for you. He not only forgives your sin, but he's able to look at you and see great value. Let me explain it to you this way. You'll get this. There's an old saying that's absolutely true. It said the value of something is based on what someone is willing to what? Pay for it. So the value of something is what somebody is willing to pay you for it. So let me ask you this question. The son of God, the co-creator of the universe who knows everything, looked at your life, looked at your life and said, I'm willing to pay for their life with my life. God looked at you and he said, you know what? This one's worth everything. That's amazing. God thinks, get this, Andy, this is what God thinks about you. He thinks you are priceless. You're a one of a kind. You do too. He's so humble. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) But think about that. God looks at your life and he said, if somebody were to put a price tag on you, it would say priceless. That's the truth. How many of you, somebody's ever looked at you and said, you are not worth a plug nickel? Don't point at your wife saying that. That's not nice. But, but there, are, there are people that all in our lives have said that person's not worth anything. And yet God redeems your life. He buys you back for a priceless. That's what that means. So Jesus thinks you're worth his life. That's amazing. Michelle, that's really what God thinks of you. Guys, I love that. 
You're priceless. It can't be bought by any amount of money or possessions. You're priceless. Let's go to number four. We need to thank God for his loving kindness and his tender mercies. Loving kindness and tender mercies. Now understand here, David could have said, I want to thank God for being kind to me and being merciful to me. But that's not what he says here. He said, I want to thank God for his loving kindness and his tender mercies. And as I was studying this week, the Lord quickened in my spirit that there was a time in Zephaniah where he, 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 read, he read the scripture, he spoke through a prophet. And this is what he says. I'm going to explain to you what it means. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. Think about loving kindness and tender mercy, okay? The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. But notice, circle this next verse. But he will rejoice over you with singing. And the Lord quickened this in me. And so I studied it. I went back and looked at it and printed it out, of course. And, and I began to look at it. And this was the image that the Lord placed in my heart to share with you. How many of you have ever seen a mother, grandmother cradling an infant and singing over them? Think about that. This precious child singing over that child. There is probably no greater love, no greater adoration than a mom, a grandmother, aunt, uncle, whoever, holding a baby and the complete focus of that person is on that child and they sing over them. And that was the image that God showed me for this scripture. He does that over you. Do you you're not just precious to him. You are amazingly precious to him. It's not just kindness that he has for you. It is loving kindness. It is tender mercy. God loves you like that. He sings over you. What a beautiful picture of the love of God that thinks that highly of you. That's beautiful to me. That's how God feels about us. Jason, that's how he feels about you. He sings over you. Wow. <laughs> I began to think this week of things that I'm thankful for. And this is just a partial list, but this was just from the bottom of my heart as I was preparing this. And I, was, I sat back and asked myself the same question that I want you to ask yourself. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my wife and my three amazing kids, all of whom I don't tell enough how grateful I am that God gave them to me. I mean that. I'm thankful for you. You know, it was awesome being in Kansas the other day and, and, uh, and being out there and seeing that place, but I, but I was literally thinking about you guys all morning long last Sunday. Pam will confirm this because I was blowing her phone up. How's it going? How's everybody doing? What's happening? Everybody okay? You know? I was missing you guys, and it really meant a lot to me. Some of you sent me texts and then, come on home, and we miss you. One of you said, are you coming back? I mean, you know, I, don't, I still don't know how to take that one. <laughs> but but it, I was so thankful and appreciative. But I am thankful for you. That I get to pastor an amazing group of people. <laughs> I get to pastor a group of people that came out yesterday and fed 10% of our community. As a pastor, who gets to do that? You guys are the most amazing, fun, 
godly. And, and I loved one of the, the earmarks of this church is joy. If you don't like to laugh, you're not going to like it around here a whole lot because we, the joy of the Lord is our strength and we're going to laugh and we're going to have fun because I feel like serving God should be that way. And I'm thankful for you. I really am thankful. I'm thankful that God called us to pastor in such a beautiful place with such a great group of people. I got up this morning and it was 20 whatever degrees outside. And I'm from Texas. <laughs> and I walk outside, but it's gorgeous. Looked like a foot of snow on the ground, all that frost. And, and it was just beautifully quiet. wasn't any wind. And I'm looking around at these amazing hills. And I'm driving down the road. And these two deer just, what, like they released them in a movie. You know, they just released them out. And they go jumping across. I accelerated and swerved three times, but I didn't get them. I tried. I was like, No. <laughs> But I was, and then I look over, and there's these four or five horses out in the pasture, and it's a beautiful, and I'm like, this is like a picture, and I get to be here. That's awesome. We should be thankful, guys, for where we live. What a beautiful place. You can be in West Texas. It could be worse. I'm just telling you, okay? I'm thankful that we live in America. You know, right now we're seeing some things that I know as a country that, that we're looking at things and it breaks our heart. I know most of us would probably fall into that category, but you need to understand this statement. We are still the land of the free and the home of the brave. Amen. And as for our house, we're going to serve God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And finally, I'm thankful for God to choosing me, the least of his kids, to pick me to get to do this, because I wouldn't have. And I am thankful to him for that, that he gave me a second chance to love you guys. And I am thankful for that. And as I write these things, and this is just a small list, but it's, all, it's straight from my heart. And as I began to write this, do you think when I got done, there's a little joy Rising up in here, thankfulness. And if thankfulness is there, there can't be ingratitude. And that's why God says, thank him, praise him. Thank him for what he's done. Don't focus on what you do have. Thank him for what you have. How many of you, let me ask you this. How many of you are thankful for what has not happened in your life? You can praise God about that. Thankful for what you don't have to deal with. Amen. Amen. Here's the final point. Thank him for satisfying our mouth with good things. How how many of you have ever had somebody say, close your eyes, I want you to taste something. (laughs) Come on, let's be honest. Anybody ever done that to y'all? This is what happens in our house. Trish will be (laughs) going, and I just realized this today when I was talking about this. She will go into the kitchen and she'll start cleaning out the refrigerator and she'll say, hey, will you come here a minute? <laughs> Taste this and see if it's still good. <laughs> Am I the only one? I'm the only one. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. she go, hey, taste this and see if it's still good. You know, I'm all wiping the fur off the top of it, you know, I... <laughs> That's why I don't get sick very often, because I've had all this extra whatever that is. 
in my system. <laughs> but I went, I'll taste it. Oh, it's still good. Or occasionally it's, oh, it's lumpy milk. You know, Chloe, you know what I'm talking about. You know, that expired milk. You don't want to do that. But, but it, it's amazing how, but, but the, God's not like that. God says, taste and see that I'm good. You know, when I look back at that song we sang this morning, guys did such a great job. It says, I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than the words that I can say. And then at one part of the song, it says, I'm never gonna go back to my old life. You know, how I used to be doesn't have any appeal to me anymore because I know that God is good. Let me put it to you this way. Once you've had chicken fried steak, who wants salad? <laughs> you know? That's probably a bad example, but that works for me. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Seriously. Once you've tasted the real thing, who wants a substitute? Sugar-free ice cream. Really? Have you not, this isn't my notes, have you ever seen sugar-free ice cream and you leave it out and you come back three days later and it's still there in the same way? That you, that's not good, y'all. No. One of the last three verses in the Bible, last three verses says, taste and see, come, taste and see that God is good. And I want, to, I want you to know, those of us that have experienced his forgiveness and all the benefits of his life, we don't ever want to go back because we've experienced what that feels like. And we are thankful. And when I said this morning that we should be the most thankful people on the planet, it's true. We have a lot to be thankful for. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm thankful for you. Just do it. Now look to your other neighbor and mean it this time. Tell them you're thankful for them. <laughs> I'm gonna close with this. This is my first close, so I got like, you know, 20 more minutes. But I said this Wednesday night, but it's, it's really true. Thankfulness, write this down. It's not in your notes, I don't think. Thankfulness changes your focus. Thankfulness changes your focus. And when we get, begin to thank God for what he's done, it changes our focus from what we don't have. And it will change your life. Paul talked about that we need to have a heart of thanksgiving. Wardell, man, there are very few people I know. You know, I say that. I pastored here now six and a half years. I can look around this room, and I know some of the challenges that some of you have faced, and there's so much thankfulness in your heart. I talked to a lady Wednesday night that had battled cancer. They gave her just six months to live, and it's been three years since then now, and she is so thankful. I looked at her. I said, I bet there's nothing that can keep you down. She goes, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful. And joy will follow thankfulness. So stop focusing on what you don't have and thank God for what you do have, guys. Make this Thanksgiving different. Be thankful, truly thankful. If the turkey comes out burnt, fry that baby. It don't matter. You know, I'm, be thankful. Be thankful you have food. Be thankful that you have a great church. Be thankful that you live in a community that still reveres God. Be thankful that we love each other, even the crazy ones. <laughs> Be thankful. 
be thankful. When you're sitting around the table this year, do that. Maybe take five minutes and go around the table and and talk about how much you appreciate someone. That's the greatest gift that you can give. Thankfulness. Amen. Really. Okay. That's awesome, Charles. Amen. Mo, you wanted to say something. Here, let me give this to you. You can just turn around right there and say it. You don't have to walk. Y'all have helped my family and me through major, major malfunctions in our family with health issues and showing me it's okay to love myself. When we first started coming, I wasn't okay with myself. And I just want to let you guys know that you guys mean the world to me. I've never had anybody besides Jim that has loved me as much as you guys have and has loved our family. And I am so thankful that God gave me you. If he never gives me anything else, I will still have the same joy as knowing that you guys are my family. And I love you very, very much. And I thank you for all the help and the love that you give us. Amen. I just love you. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it's about, isn't it? Around here, we talk about loving God and loving people. Amen. That's what it's all about. It's not the hokey pokey. The hokey pokey is not what it's all about. (laughs) Loving God and loving people. Amen. You guys stand up this morning. So what I want you to do today. Just stay seated, James. You're fine. Just right now in an attitude of prayer, begin to thank God for what he's done for you. Just Just start thanking him for his blessings right now. Just... You can do it out loud. You can do it quietly, whatever you want to do. Just in an attitude of prayer, begin to do that. Thank him. Just thank him. As you do that, joy will begin to rise up in your heart. Thank you for healing, Lord. Thank you for peace that passes understanding. Thank you for our families, Lord. Thank you for our church. For those of you that have been struggling with an attitude of ingratitude where you've really been focused on the wrong things, this is an opportunity for you to get your focus right. Nobody's looking around. This is between you, me, and God. For those of you that have been struggling with that, but you want to lay that down, you want to you give God thanks, you want to change your focus, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I've been whining, complaining. Amen. Thank you. There's hands all over. You put your hands down. That's awesome that you recognize that. Let's all pray this together. Let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, give me a heart 
of thanksgiving. Help me see what you have done for me. Help me love people the way you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you meant that, really, if you meant that, God will begin to help you do that. Practice thankfulness. I had a lady that I ran into Friday night that she's been doing that. She said, Pastor, it's really changing my life. She goes, I'm not focusing on what I, she goes, I'm so thankful. It changes everything, guys. Heart of thanksgiving, amen. Father, thank you for our church family, Lord. We thank you that you've given us the gift of each other. You've given us the gift of you. Lord, help us to leave this place thankful and grateful for what you've done. Help us to be your hands and feet to those in our families and our community. Lord, help us to love people. Father, I pray a special blessing for those that travel this week. Lord, be with them as they travel to different places. Let the light of your love travel with them. Father, your grace and your mercy be with them. Lord, for families that are coming into town, protect them as they come. Lord, help us to live a different life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys so much. Tell four people, amen, amen. I want you to high-five four people, tell them you're thankful for them, and y'all have a great week.